The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. He was quite young, but he had experienced a lifetime worth of hurt already. To make matters worse, the hurt came from those that were closest to him. Abandoned in the world, he tried to make the most of his sad situation, but he just couldn't catch a break. The prison stint surely tested his resolve, but he was surprisingly resilient. Finally, that break came, leading to to power and wealth. There was just one thing left. Revenge. Punishing the people who had made his life miserable for so many years. But that isn't what Joseph did. Rather, by faith, Joseph forgave his brothers even when they couldn't forgive themselves. Peter would have been familiar with this story of Joseph forgiving his brothers. And maybe it was on his mind as Jesus was teaching the disciples about forgiveness. And so Peter has a question. He wants to clarify what exactly Jesus means. And so he says, How many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? What do you think? Seems like a good question to me. Maybe a question that that we can relate to also. How many times should I forgive this person? How many times should my wife forgive me for leaving my lunch container out on the counter even though she has asked me many times to put it in the dishwasher? How many times should I forgive a co-worker who's late or who doesn't fulfill their responsibilities? How many times should I forgive that person for gossiping about me? Well, Jesus answers Peter. He says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. What is Jesus saying here? He's not actually putting a number on forgiveness as if you take check marks and 77, okay, but 78, no. Jesus is telling Peter that to even ask this question, how many times should I forgive someone, shows that Peter does not understand what forgiveness is. And so Jesus then tells this parable to to further explain. So there's this king. He comes to collect the the debt that's owed him. There's one servant in particular who, who owes a truly tremendous sum of money. A sum of money that 
he will not come close to repaying. And the king knows this, and so the king rightly says that he's going to have the man thrown into prison and that he will sell what the man does own, including his wife and his children, and the king will get whatever he can. This man, desperate to save his family, falls on the ground and begs for the king's patience. How big is your debt? If the trumpet sounded right now and the king came back and he demanded that you pay what you owe, would you be able to? Or have you spent beyond your means? A lie here, a rumor there, cheating on the test, looking at, at that on your computer or your phone, dishonoring the, the people that God has put in authority, a boss or a, or a government official. That might just be a, a day's worth of debt. How about a lifetime? We are just like this servant. We owe a debt to God because of the sins that we have committed and we are not able to pay it. We might come up with ideas to to fix the problem. They're not great ideas, but at least they're something. This servant cries out, give me more time! And maybe we think to ourselves, well, I'll follow God more closely when, when I get older. When their kids are out of the house, I'll, I'll have more time then. Or I'll give up that one sin, you know, after college or, you know, sometime down the road. Or, you know, I'll make it up to you, God. I'll do, I'll do something good for you. Imagine for a moment if, if the king had actually granted this servant his request. Imagine if the king said, okay, I'll give you more time. There wasn't any time, any amount of time that would help this servant get out of his debt. There wasn't a a Dave Ramsey podcast that he could listen to, to to help him start the debt snowball. The same is true of our debt. There's, there's no amount of time. There's, there's nothing that, that we could do to pay off the debt that, that we owe God because of our sins. And it's when we come to that realization that, that we can stop looking at ourselves to figure out how, how to take care of our debt and we can look somewhere else to the king. You see, the king didn't grant the servant's request because he knew that more time wasn't the answer for the servant. The king didn't try to set up some kind of payment plan with the servant because he knew that it wouldn't help. 
He wasn't going to get back the money that he owed. Rather, we hear in, in verse 27, it says, the, the king took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. It turns out that the king wasn't a greedy monarch. The king would have been just in punishing this man, in seizing his things and his family and selling them to collect whatever he could. But the king did not treat the man as his debt deserved. The king showed compassion. And so you see, the servant did do something right. The servant fell on his knees before the king. Let's join him. But don't talk. Don't ask for more time. Instead, let the king talk. This is what he has to say. I will not treat you as your debt deserves or punish you according to your sins. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is my love for you who fear me. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sins and your debt from you. You know what sins you brought with you this morning. You know what, what guilt you can't get rid of. You might feel like maybe you're the one with the biggest debt in this room. Our God is a God who doesn't just show a little mercy, but He overflows with it. Our God is a God who doesn't set up payment plans as if we could do anything. Our God is a God who cancels debt. Our God is a God who forgives. This story goes on, though. We get to see how this man responds to the forgiveness that was shown him. And so this servant, having his enormous debt canceled, he now goes on a debt-collecting mission. You see, this servant finds a, a fellow servant who owes him about three to four months' wages. And he demands that he pay the money back. And in similar fashion, the, the servant who owes the money is unable to pay it. And so he begs for patience. But this wicked servant doesn't show him any patience or any mercy, but instead he has him thrown into prison. But word of this encounter gets back to the king. And rightfully, the king is furious with this wicked servant. And this time, the king acts decisively. And he punishes that wicked servant. He hands him over to the jailer to be tortured until the man can pay back his debts. 
And then Jesus finishes the parable by saying this. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Don't be like the wicked servant. The king overflowed mercy onto this servant. And the servant should have overflowed that mercy and forgiveness to his fellow servant. Sure, the, the, the servant did owe him money. Th three to four months' wages. That's not an insignificant amount of money. But the wicked servant should have realized it wasn't about the money that was owed to him. It was about the opportunity to show the same mercy to his fellow servant that the king had shown to him. And the same is true for us. Sometimes we have valid reasons to be upset or disappointed when somebody sins against us. But don't ask, at what point should I stop forgiving this person? That was Peter's question. Rather, remembering that, that God overflowed mercy and forgiveness on us, not treating us as our sins deserved, so now we show that same love and mercy and forgiveness to others. We don't have to treat others as their sins deserve. We can remember how, how God treated us. Some of you have big debts to forgive. For some of you, you might find the opportunity to put this truth into practice every day as you interact with your, with your spouse, with your kids, with your fellow classmates. Don't hold on to the debts that are owed you. When we remember how God treated us how he forgave our debt through Jesus Christ, we then have the opportunity to show that same forgiveness and love to others. God has absolutely forgiven all of your sins. Let us eagerly forgive one another. Amen.